Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. This is your first time listening. Thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. And thanks to my podcasting partner and co-host Patrick from Pull String Press for this great studio. Hey, Patrick, good morning. Hey, good morning, Mark. Nice to see you. I'd like you to meet our guest today, Kirsten McLaughlin, who's been on the show before. She's from Cox Communications. She's the market vice president for the Santa Barbara area. And Van Haas, who's from Accountix. And you're the owner and founder of Accountix. Yeah, that's right. And um, the reason you guys are here is we're going to talk about the Business Giving Roundtable, which is a part of the Santa Barbara Foundation. And I've been involved with that for a couple of years. But how long have you been involved with BGR? Well, I've been involved with BGR personally since I started with Cox about three and a half years ago. But Cox has been involved, um, I think, for the life of BGR. So however many years that goes back. So, Van, tell us, how did you get involved with the Business Giving Roundtable? Yeah, so I think it was about two years ago. Um, uh, Fast Pitch Santa Barbara had happened. I was a a part of that. I was a coach. And um, the first first round of that was um, I was the coach for Michelle Arntz um, with Angels Foster Care. Um, and she asked me to get involved in BGR about two years ago, and, and uh, she's become a, a good friend and, and client, and, and I thought it was a great idea. So, Kirsten, tell us why BGR is important to the community. Mark, there's a lot of different reasons BGR is important. Um, we get together as a group of BGR members and really talk about ways we can use our connections, our businesses, our relationships to improve the community and invest in the community. And not only how we're each doing it individually as businesses and individuals, but also how we can collectively leverage our mutual resources and um, volunteer or give money or develop programs that help sort of lift the whole community together. I know I've, I've been at, they have uh, breakfasts on occasion and then they have lunches and then they have various folks come in and talk about what they're doing because I think for a lot of, and I'm thinking of our listener as a small business or a medium-sized business, they're like, well, how do I, I don't know how to give back. I mean, they, they can write a check and, and that happens all the time, but there are so many other ways to do it and I think it's this network of businesses learning from one another specifically with Michelle, I thought she had a really interesting story in how what they've done is get all the employees involved and decide what are we going to give back to so everybody feels invested in it. And I think she even says they have a couple of students, tell me about that, that are, they have a couple of people working there and that's part of the give back. Yeah, I think so. She also owns Recipes Bakery, <clears throat> exactly. And I think that's that's where the, right, right. Maybe she has a couple people, and you know, she's been very active in in trying to give back, even even though she's a small business. And and I think that that's that's kind of the the great part about BGRs. You have Cox Communications involved, and you have really small businesses. You know, Accountix is eight people. Um, you know, Recipes Bakery is probably somewhere in that same neighborhood of eight to ten people. 
Um, and we all get together and talk about all the different ways that we can get involved, not just writing a, a check, which is, you know, the most obvious. And th there is that. But there's also time and, and you know, talent that, that you can bring to the table for, for these, you know, a plethora of nonprofits in the Santa Barbara area that need help. I think part of it is is with a large company like Cox's, you know, that's a huge, huge company. There's a whole process by which you give back into the communities, right? There's you've been they've been working on that for decades, right? Right. right. Well, and as you know, Marks, we've talked about this before, but you know, Cox has a, a long history of giving back in the communities we serve, and it's very important to us from a corporate corporate social philanthropy perspective. Um, and from an employee engagement perspective, you know, making sure our employees feel very connected. They do feel very connected. They're in the communities. They're working in the communities they grew up in. Um, and so giving them more ways to get involved. And one of the things that we love about BGR is even though we have a pretty robust program for investment in our communities, getting together with other businesses of all sizes to learn from them, you know, learn from a small company like Vans to a large company like Decker's and take some of those best practices and then work together. You know, we had a great example these past couple of years, um, really spearheaded by Decker's. Uh, we started the Give-A-Palooza, which oh. was, um, it benefits Special Olympics and um, we've grown each year. We're, we're going into our third year this coming year. But it's companies getting together and playing a bunch of fun games with Special Olympic athletes and raising money for Special Olympics. And it is so fun. There is so much energy around it. And we're all coming together to help a great cause in the community. Are there, I mean, I'm, I'm going to guess that you talk to your peers inside of Cox and, and other because you were doing public affairs before, I think, right? And so I you still were, am doing a lot of you, public affairs. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, so you talk to other public affairs people in other mm -hmm. markets. Is there uh, an analogous organization to BGR in other communities? It feels unique to us, but I'm not sure if it is. You know, not that I have come across. There's um, some organizations that we're involved with in some of our other markets that uh, touch on some of the same things. I know in our Orange County market, there's a consortium of sort of nonprofits and businesses that come together and, and do some of this best practice sharing, but it's not a, a totally analogous to BGR. Yeah, it feels like there's so much to learn from the various business. Now, Van, tell me from a, you know, eight people, that's not a lot of people, and I know you're very involved mm -hmm. in this, right? Um, mm -hmm. How have you internalized that with your employees? Yeah, it's actually been a, a great experience to to go to some of these roundtables. And I mean, I think that that's what this organization is all about, is getting together, hearing what other businesses are doing, you know, large and small. And, um, you know, I personally took away from one of the meetings in particular, uh, it was a, a law firm in town, and, and they they really integrate giving, you know, strongly into the firm. And they have sort of a process of... of uh, deciding, you know, who, who they're giving to and how it's going to happen. And um, I took some of those points back to to Accountix and talked to the team, and we we sort of went through a, a little um, exercise to find out what people are interested in. Um, and you know, we're still building out the the program, but it's it's been um, very helpful to understand what 
what's important to your your employees and and the team. Um, you know, I have I have the, the nonprofits I care about, but we've got other people, and, sure. and I want to encourage them to use company time to to give back to the community. Um, and we're also looking at doing uh, group activities that are you know not only are we giving back, but we're also able to to build the team and and have some camaraderie around around giving back. And it's it's a team decision on on who who we help and what we do. So, for instance, maybe one of the beach cleanup Saturdays. Right. For instance, all of you go down and wear your wear the t-shirts and and have fun doing that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm curious when you said on company time, how do you? You're also you run a bookkeeping firm. Right. How do you account for that? Is that on? Is that time on the books? And is it? I'm thinking of our small business owners listening right now. Like. How, what, give me the kind of the back office part of this. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, yeah, it's on it's on the company company time, and it's we don't track it, um, you know, to the to the minute, um, but you know, it, it's definitely a conversation about hey, get on a board that you care about, and that time that's necessary, you know, we'll talk about and schedule it out. Um, we have to get our our work done, um, but but it's. It's not that hard to, to carve out some some extra time for this. What percentage of time do you think it is? Oh, geez. Um, I mean, some people do it. It's like you can do five days a year or three days a year or something like that. Right. I mean, it's probably not a, a large percentage, um, but it's it's right. more like you know, okay, if there's an, a monthly board meeting, then that's fine, and you know, maybe there's a, uh, a few right. hours a, a month that need to happen to to do some of the the extra work. Then then yeah. Um, you know, if it's an event, then then great. But I, I would I like the events to be more of a group a group activity. I think that would oh, be fun. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on a volunteer event right now, TEDx TEDx Santa Barbara, which is um, a staggering amount of work. Yes. <laughs> and yes. my team members remind me that they have day jobs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as, as do I. But um, it's you know. A lot of these things, it requires a lot of heavy lifting by a lot of different people. And I think it's amazing when a community comes together to do something. So like you said, with uh, Give a Palooza, when you see all of those people showing up and the kids getting all excited, and, mm-hmm. and that's pretty great. Do you have metrics, uh, Kirsten, that um, you have to hit? I'm just thinking as a big company, right? There's, is it, uh, okay, different question. Is this fall <laughs> under corporate social responsibility? Yes, and public affairs. Got um, it. And employee engagement. So we really look at our corporate giving through several lenses, um, not only our investment in the community, and um, as a lot of people who hear me talk a lot know, we really focus on youth and education um, with a secondary focus on sort of conservation and environmentalism. And then um, we also do some work supporting veterans and the veteran community. Mm. Um, So there's that uh, community investment side. And then on the employee engagement side, that's the volunteerism and our employee foundation. So we have our Cox Charities Foundation, which employees can opt to um, donate a portion of their paycheck every pay period. And... um, it goes into a foundation. The company actually matches the giving. Really? And each foundation, um, we have a foundation in each market, and those foundation members get to decide how we use that money in the market. And we do things like scholarships, nonprofit grants. We do matching grants. So if an employee gives a donation somewhere, the um, foundation really? will match it. 
We'll do um, grants based on employee volunteerism. So if you donate X amount of time to the same, um, the same um, nonprofit in a calendar year, we'll donate on your behalf to that, um, to that nonprofit. So it's a lot, um, really the Cox Charities Foundation is really set up to drive um, empowering employees to invest in their community, whether it's their time or their money or both. So that feels like an idea that, that specific idea is the kind of thing that other businesses could strive to have to do. Now, as the account, you know, as our official <laughs> yeah. accountant here, uh, I'm curious what size business you'd have to be before you start thinking about it. I mean, you're a huge, there's, was it hundreds of thousands of employees? Oh, we're not that big. Okay. <laughs> but there's tens um, of thousands yes. for sure. Yes. There's a lot of people. Um, but remember, our foundation is in each market. So in some markets, we may have a couple thousand people. In some markets like Santa Barbara, we're just a little over 100. So that's one of the great things about the, the way the foundation's set up is it's scalable to your market based on how many folks you have. And that allows you to be really agile, I imagine, like so that you're not because I imagine if you were doing one foundation, you know, encompassing the entire, you know, your entire national grid, you wouldn't be able to kind of focus in with, with laser precision like you're doing. Right. And the employees wouldn't be able to be as involved in mm -hmm. it because they'd be fighting for resources across the whole country versus here, our Santa Barbara employees get to decide how much they individually want to participate and then get to drive that participation because it's just them and their fellow Santa Barbarans. And it's these kinds of ideas that, that are good for small businesses to hear. Right, and, right. you know, you've got smart people in, at Cox that, are, that do nothing but develop these programs. Right, sure, and, sure. And so small businesses, if we're all talking and, and getting into that conversation, then, then you know, why not, why not try to peel off a few of those ideas for, for the small business? Probably can't do the whole thing. The dollars might be smaller, but sure. the, the concept is there. I think that's the the thing that I got from the very first meeting I went to was that it was really different in the sense that it really was sharing best practices and what's working and what we can take away because you because you're right they have CSR corporate social responsibility like it's a thing there's someone in charge of that there's budget attached to that it's a reportable thing there's metrics there's all of that so someone's got to make sure that's an effective program well why not piggyback on on that learning and that education. Mm -hmm. Um, how about the the one person company, the solopreneur? <laughs> you know, because we I, there's there's a you know we meet them all a, the time. We we meet them all the time, and they're really smart, and they maybe can't give funding because they're maybe even pre-funding. But being able to show up and find things to get involved with you, do you see that? Does the BGR have solopreneurs there? Are they mostly small business? maybe 10 employees or less in that area. No, I, I think we have solopreneurs that come to, to, the, to the meetings and, you know, I don't think they're any different really. Um, you know, obviously they don't have a, maybe not a team to, to work with, but um, I think they can certainly take away ideas. Um, that w one of the ideas that, that I've also taken away from BGR is the idea of, of really thinking through that that giving process mm, and mm. and deciding who who it is you really want to help and maybe going a little deeper um but you know more narrow and, and deeper into that specific nonprofit that you're you're interested in or that issue um rather than being kind of reactive and saying yes to these all of these requests that we get 
all the time for for various purposes. You know, make make a strategy. You know, get come up with a strategy that that works for for you. Maybe your business, um, you know, is it aligned or not aligned, or is it just, you know, is it just something that you're super interested and passionate about? And then, you know, go for it. Van actually brings up a really good point, and it's um, that's actually an issue that spans across small businesses and large businesses because we all struggle with the fact that we get so many more requests than sure. are really feasible. And I know from our perspective and many of the BGR members, people don't want to just give and move on. We want as companies to give and be a part of that right. nonprofit and right. that effort and those people, et cetera. And so how do you effectively take the resources you have, time, money, in-kind, et cetera, and put that to the best use um, based on what your employees want, what your corporate giving pillars or focus areas are, and it's really interesting because some of the issues that arise in those decisions are exactly the same for a small business or a large business. And this idea of having a plan makes a lot, because I'm sure most of them don't have a plan. I mean, we're already just running as hard as we can to get our business going, right? But, but to have a plan, even if it's just so everybody knows what you do and what you don't do, which made me think that as we hire more and more young people and we're attracting more and more younger people, and I'm not saying the M word, Patrick. I noticed. I'm very, that, I'm very proud of you. Um, they, there is more attention paid to corporate values than ever before. And having that on your website when someone is doing their due diligence about coming to work for you and knowing that you have a a, a philanthropic plan, a strategy, and what you're going to do and what you do and you don't do really helps. Uh, it helps a couple of people. One is the person who has to say no, but it's like, you know, I, I don't want to be harsh, but like you said it earlier, uh, Kristen, you, you said we do, and you, you rattled it off perfectly, right? <laughs> you've done it because you, well, you, because you've done, you have a plan, because you have a plan, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Youth and education, veterans, uh, the environment, and there was one more. No, you got all three. I got, I did get, mm -hmm. yeah. So now I know. weave diversity into all of that. Of course you do, <laughs> of course. But it, so if you figure out what lane you're in mm -hmm. as a nonprofit looking for money, then you know, okay, we know what people are looking for. And also if the employees know, these are the things that really matter to us as a group, as a company, and they're aligned with the kind of firm that we are. Mm -hmm. And that's, and your clients are gonna know that, your employees are gonna know that, and that's gonna be a good thing. I'm gonna guess right now, listener, go look at your website, do you have a corporate philanthropy, even a statement in your about page? I'm gonna guess, Mm, maybe 10% or less. Mm -hmm. I want to hear, there's got to be some friction though. There's got to be some part of this that just every year like sticks in your craw or just like something, some some corner of this that just is, is, is if you had your druthers, this would work smoother. And what, what is that? What is, uh. what is, what is kind of like, what's the holdup from this going from, from very successful to like whatever the next phase of that would be? What, are you guys running into any of that? I, I would say time. Uh, time. Right? You know, yeah. you, I think you mentioned it earlier that, that people are running a, a million miles an hour trying to get, get things done and, and do the job. And it's really easy to just let this slip, slip you know, to back of mind. Oh, and, we'll do it later. We'll yeah, do it later. Yeah. And, and you don't do this, the strategy part. And 
you know, if you're not doing the strategy part, then you're not executing later on. And specifically to BGR, we hear that a lot too with people who love what BGR is doing and want to be more involved, but really just don't have the time to be more involved. And some of that may be because they don't, you know, they're running with their businesses and the time that they would put toward BGR, they'd rather put to their actual volunteer programs or giving programs internally. Um, but uh, we like to think that if you come into BGR, it's actually going to be a great use of your time and help open up some of that time and, and, and really, like we said, you know, sharing best practices and sharing information that will then save you time on the back end. I think to that specific point, um, they go out of their way to have early morning breakfast meets, uh -huh. right? Which mm -hmm. is great. So I can get in and out and it's only an hour and they're very good about it's 59 minutes period. It's the hardest thing ever is to watch somebody balance a meeting out and just be like, nope, we're, no, we're done. That's yeah. We're, no, we're, <laughs> done. Yeah. we're done. It's, it's especially hard when we have these amazing stories around right. the table and people asking questions and you see that building of not only relationships, but ideas. And then we have to cut the meeting oh. off. <laughs> Judy is a very good facilitator at mm. that. And, and then they have, um, I don't know if it's monthly, um, but it's, it's, it, maybe it's not monthly, the frequency of the meetings. It, it feels like maybe it's every other month. We do quarterly. Okay, Generally, it's quarterly. it's quarterly luncheons and quarterly breakfasts that are offset Got from it. each other. Roughly. And the lunch is nice because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a long, it's not a two-hour lunch. <laughs> like it's a legit lunch that you can get over to that and, and meet some interesting people and get some ideas. I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to get back to where. Um, Patrick was going. There are, there's challenges around this whole nonprofit world, right? We live in a community that's got a higher density of nonprofits than anywhere in the United States. So I've been told. Um, Let's go with it. That's it's everything's a fact if we just say it loud enough. You want me to talk louder? No, I just mean. No, I just mean. <laughs> no there's. I know that there's because well, we ran the uh, Santa Barbara Nonprofit Resource Network a few years back, and there were 1,800 that were officially on the radar, but at least another 2,000 that are maybe a couple of people on a piece of paper that said they were a nonprofit. You know, there's a, there's there's a lot, and so figuring out and every one of those need needs a board and needs volunteers and has events and is out raising money and is doing all of that stuff. So that whole ecosystem on how do we make that more effective is, is a big deal, right? And having these businesses involved, not just from the giving part, but the how do you do it? How do you, in, you know, I like this idea of employee engagement because we're, as we try to keep our workforce motivated and all of that, this is a big part of it. Do you have a, give me a employee engagement story, Kirsten, where, you know, without, we'll keep the names off the, off the air, but just how it's made a difference uh, with the people you're working with. Are we keeping the employee names off the air or the uh, nonprofit names off the air? Let's just do it all generic. All generic. So uh, we have uh, employee um, who went through a pretty significant family tragedy before I started at Cox. Um, but at the time, the employees really ra rallied around him and his family. And he got involved at that time with a particular nonprofit um, and has been very involved ever since. And um, 
Accordingly, his peers at the company got very involved in that nonprofit. And we have continued actually through the foundation every year um, giving to that particular nonprofit, participating in their events, doing volunteer events with them. We also offer them um, in-kind airtime, so in-kind donations oh, sure. from a corporate perspective. And really that was all driven by this one experience with this one employee and his then commitment to giving back to that organization that helped him and his family through this and his ability to rally his peers around him. And it's probably about 10 years of this relationship no now. Is he still, and he's, he's still involved? He's still very involved. Very involved. Yep, yep. Both in the company and in the yeah, nonprofit. Right, right. No, yeah, of course, of course. So. It's interesting once you, you get in, you find one that you like and you like the people and you like the mission and you like how you make a difference, mm -hmm. right? That's the deal, right? It was, we, we don't do this just because we have to. We do it because we want to do it. There are some that we have to do because we're legally obligated to do things, right? As public companies and stuff like that, there's that part. But it's when you see that you're making a difference that makes you actually work harder. Would you agree? I, I, I would totally agree. And going back to what you said earlier, Mark, about the the younger people, you know, that are that are climbing the ranks in different organizations, we we have quite a few of those um, on board with us, and we, we try to have a, a strong value statement throughout the organization. And I think that that it's not just giving back that's important to the younger generation. I think it's just having those values and giving back sort of supports those values. So how did you guys edit that? What, what did that process look like? Like what are, what are mm. those values you're talking about? Like, let's put them out. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> my, my team gets tired of me talking about it, but Netflix actually has, has some, some values that, that they sort of pioneered this, this wave of, of thought of the, you know, no non-tracked vacation time and, and working only with top, top players. Huh. Um, and they, before you interview with Netflix, you, you have to review their 10 values. Um, so we kind of took those, those values when, when I read through those and I, re I read a really cool article about, um, uh, that the HR person who developed it wrote, um, and that, that whole philosophy just, it just really struck me as, as something I, I want to do in my own company. Um, so, so we, we talked through them and we, we developed our own 10 values that are, that are pretty, pretty much in line with theirs, but, you know, changed a little bit to fit us. Um, and we talk about them. We talk about them in every interview. We talk about them at every employee review and um, make sure that we're hitting those, those values. And then, you know, our, our culture is, is we're trying to help small businesses. Um, and I think that resonates with people too. When they're coming out of college, they want to do something that matters. Mm. And you know, we we have that, you know, that thing that that we are trying to do, and everyone rallies behind that and and really cares. Um, so I think giving back just supports all of that. Is it, it because that's that's their identity when they're when they're out and about in the rest of the world when they're not at you know at the office and they have to identify with the company they work for right because of course in America that's our first question when <laughs> we meet somebody what are you, what are you doing <laughs> who do you do it for right um, and that's so so you're really giving them an opportunity to join an identity rather than rather than just you know like oh a, a profession this yeah. is not just a profession yeah I think so like, I think so yeah. Yeah, that's admirable it's a big deal that's not something that seems like was was happening 
10 years ago, 15 years it ago. It feels like it skipped a generation. Oh, yeah? Do you think? I, I th- yeah, I'd buy that. I, yeah. I think so. I think it skipped a generation. I'm, gl- I'm glad it's back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we did something at Wavefront. Our listener knows I talk about our software company back in the day. Uh, it was big company, and so we kind of had to have a lot of this rigor in, uh, you know, in, in what we did. You had an HR department, didn't you? We had. Yes, oh, we that's, did. That's, we're so sentimental for when you had an HR department. But it's not HR anymore. It's it's talent management. <laughs> oh, talent, that's right. Sorry. Right? Sorry. Or, or if you're really big enough, yeah. human capital management, oh, which yeah. I don't like at all. But it like does talent. sound like you're, yeah. You're, I like talent. Yeah. yeah. We're, I work with a big company right now in New York, and it says HR and everything. It says, no, it needs to say talent slash HR, because some people are just HR. But um, I want to talk about this core value thing, because I, I'm, I'm going to challenge our listener to, to, to look at their own business and say, do they have that? Mm. And if they might have it, do other people know they have it? Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. Right? And, and without it being, it's not a brass plaque that's on the wall or a little sticky that's on every... Um, no, it's talked in about every in every cup. interview. It's talked about exactly. in every, yeah, every lunch. Exactly. And, and we did something at Wavefront where we said, I don't want core values. I want observable behavior. Mm-hmm. So at, the end, at each week at our staff meeting, we'd say, what did, how did we see the values play out in the workplace this week? What, did, what does teamwork look like? We can say we value teamwork, but what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Kirsten. So, um, and you've heard me say this before, Mark, but you know, at Cox, we're, we're still a family owned and operated business going back right. almost 120 years. No kidding. Um, and our, our core values really trace back to our founder. Um, and I, I have not seen his will, but the word on the street is that he actually had, he had um, things spelled out in his will about how the family was to run the business over the years. Um, and when I first inter- interviewed with Cox, uh, everyone talked about the values around um, employees, customers, and community in that order. And you know, you have these conversations, it's very compelling, but you don't really know until you start working and you're right. involved in right. an organization right. Right. what that means. And it has been like nothing I have ever experienced wow. in other jobs coming in, and those values come out in everything we do and we talk about them all the time and when we're doing whether it's formal reviews or even just nice pats on the back we're talking about an employee improving the customer experience or um, helping his fellow her his or her fellow employees Um, on top of that again i I mentioned it before but diversity is a core value of ours Um, integrity doing the right thing right Um, and we talk about these things all the time uh, and it's really pretty powerful. Uh, our tenure at our company is off oh. the charts. We um, actually just earlier this week in California had a milestone luncheon um, for our employees, 20, 25, 35, uh, 30, 35, and 40 plus years. Wow. We had, I think it was eight employees across the state that were celebrating 40 plus Holy years cow. with the company, That's great. which is pretty amazing. So there's 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 business value to being involved in in this be, in terms of having giving and culture and nonprofits as part of the whole mix of who the company is. It's not just that one thing, but it's because that's an attracting force. Right. But it's also it's a retaining force. Absolutely, absolutely. You you give people a way to not only invest in 
the company they're working for and the work they're doing, but then the company invests back in the employee, both in development and career growth, and then together as employee and company, you're investing in the communities where you live and work and serve. And Santa Barbara is, you know, and, and listener, think about your town. It's a, the, it has a small town feel, almost every little town. And you go into the, the grocery store and you see people and they go, hey, thank you. I saw you on Saturday at the whatever, or thank you for doing this. You tend to, you'll run into people. And that just is another motivator, makes you feel good that you did that, right? Mm, for sure. We had, uh, in my company now, or martial artists, as our listener knows, and we, when we walk onto the mat, we have five tenets, courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, and indomitable spirit. Mm -hmm. And those are, you say them at the end of every session, and we run our company as a martial company, right? And I remember this one interview where I, I asked the, the woman, I said, well, why do you want to work here? Like, okay. it's just a good question. Why do you want to work here? She says, I have never heard anybody talk about a company where really most of this conversation was about the values and what it was like working at the company and how you show up to the other employees, how you show up to your customers, how you expect your customers to show up, how you work in the community, and that that's what's more important to you. She says, I, yeah, I can do the job, but I want to work at a place where that's important. I'd never heard that before. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> right? Well, it's, it's interesting. You, you, you mentioned those five values. It's not really the company's values. It's the values that you appreciate in people. Yes, mm -hmm. and, exactly. And I've, yes. I, you know, that's, it's, it's a small differentiator, but I really think that's the important piece is can a, real, can a company really have values or is it the values of the people in the company that represent that end up being the value that, that the company um, presents. Which speaks to culture. And we've talked, we've had shows here, we've talked about culture a lot. John Greathouse was on talking about culture at length. It was really good. We've done several shows on culture and it really is based on those. It's, we're a group of humans, mm -hmm. people <laughs> who have come together to do something. Right. All right. Okay. So now, so that, that small business owner out there has been listening this entire time, yep. very politely. How do they now join up? How do they become part of, of this opportunity? If you're in the Santa Barbara area, you can look up, you can Google Business Giving Roundtable. You're not going to let, call you're it not gonna let the guest answer that one? Gonna... <laughs> Mark's, Mark's doing our job for I'm us. So but good. She's doing so but well. see, I'm a member. There's all three of us. Oh, is that what's happening? Yes, okay. yes, I'm a member as well. <laughs> all right. And I've been told that they're, they're looking at like a non-member model for 2018. Yes. Tell us about that. So it's still evolving to some degree, but we are, um, we've always been involved with the Santa Barbara Foundation and right. um, we are evolving the organization from a membership organization into more of a sub committee. That's probably not the right way to say it, but a subgroup of the Santa Barbara Foundation. So we're entirely housed under the Santa Barbara Foundation. Um, and so the model would be sort of a come as you are, there's no member fees to join, et cetera. A lot of the details still being worked out. We're kind of working through all that strategic planning now. But um, to the question about how people can get involved, the website's great. We yep. also have um, an event coming up on Tuesday the 14th. 
um, which is our, our annual Entrepreneurs Roundtable. And so guests are welcome to join us. They would also go to the website. You can sign up there. Um, and uh, just raise your hand and come join right, us. That's right. really how you get involved. Yes, right. You just show up. world <laughs> yeah. belongs to those that show up, right? Right, right. So if you live in a community where you don't have something like this, you could probably look at a community foundation. Mm -hmm. Almost every community has a has a foundation and say, hey, listen, what do you, what do, you do for with small businesses? Do you have a small business workshop or round table or group? And if there isn't one, maybe you uh, step up and start one because hmm. it's a really great model. And I know that um, Judy would probably, anybody who wanted to write her and talk to her, and she's been on the show as well. Yep. So I'll, I'll make links to all of that in the show notes. Uh, if you're interested in maybe doing something like this in your own community, That'd be great. You guys, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and talking about it and giving us an hour of your time to, to tell about the BGR. Thank, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. This is great. And with that, I'm going to say also I want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Polestring Press. If you're interested in partnering with our podcast, drop us a note to partner at 805connect.com. So, Patrick, someone who, yeah, our listener who has dutifully listened all the way to the end, how could they help? Well, first off, thanks for, for liking us because we like you too. Uh, but go out there and let the rest of the world know that you like us. Uh, rate, write, review. Uh, put some stars next to the name of this uh, particular episode so that other people know that this is one of the ones that they should be listening to. Uh, it's hard. Our back catalog is well over 170 episodes, and so it's, it's sometimes difficult for people to figure out what they're going to put in the queue next. So give them a little help. Be, be the DJ for their Ooh. podcast and give them uh, a heads up on what you think is important and, and go back through our catalog and, and, and give us that. Also, uh, let Mark know that you like him as much as I like him and send him an email. Yeah, drop me a note to mark at 805connect.com. All of our guests come from uh, suggestions that you have for us, and we continue to meet really interesting people, uh, fascinating people you'll want to know better. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. <laughs>